We didn't buy it the last time. And we're not buying it this time. More on that coming up. PSYOP against you and me and everybody else in the U.S. And chickens. I promised you chickens tonight. I got chickens. Chickens in the Matrix. All that more coming up. Welcome to the Jay Sheldon Show. It's Friday. We made it. Friday is here. <laughs> yeah, not only that, but today is Miko's birthday. <clears throat> I used to do a segment on this show called the Miko Update. And uh, every show I would bring you some update. Miko, if you don't know, is our little now four-year-old Shiba Inu baby. She is the love of our life. She is absolutely amazing. She is the most precious animal on earth. We love her to death. And today, she turns four years old. Look at that. Look at that face. This is a collection of shots I posted on my Facebook page today. And yeah, that's her with the big smile. <clears throat> she is... <laughs> Oh, man. She, uh, I don't know. I just, I would do anything for this. Look at that. Look at that. What a shot. <laughs> she is so precious. And she, I cannot believe it's been four years. Four years since this little deer came into our lives and <clears throat> made it a lot brighter. In fact, take a look at this. I'm so fat in this picture. This is Nico's... First day at home. Literally, first day. We're just pulling up in the car, and there she is. Look at that. We got her around, I think it was February. So she was born today, December 1st. So she's about three months old in this video. Wow. She is... She's our life, and she's incredible, and we love her to pieces. And happy birthday, Miko. I had to get that out there. We got so much to talk about tonight. We're going to get through all of it. We got a lot of stuff, a lot of stupid people in Congress proving once again exactly how stupid they are. Ah, man, I, you know, this whole show tonight when I was putting it together earlier today, uh, it's just head shaker after head shaker after head shaker. And it just doesn't stop. Cyber Week continues at Blackout Coffee. Want to take a couple seconds here to tell you about our sponsor. That is Blackout Coffee. The most amazing coffee you will ever have in your life. There she is, howling away, celebrating her birthday. I think she had one too many dog nips. Anyway, Blackout Coffee is a truly American company. They care about two things, the United States of America and all of our great American values, and also making good coffee. They grow the beans locally from local co-ops and American farmers, select only the best beans. The roasting process is called small batch. What that means is when you order, your beans are roasted within 24 to 48 hours after you order, then another few days to ship them to your house, and you got it. That's about as fresh roasted as you can get, and you really will notice the difference. Always full-flavored, full-body, robust taste, and never bitter. Blackout Coffee is an amazing company that, like I said, not only makes the best coffee you've ever had, 
It also is all dedicated to family values, honesty, integrity, American values. It's an American company, and that's one of the big reasons why you should do everything you can to support them. Right now, Cyber Week, buy two coffees, get one free. Use their promo code CYBERWEEK, C-Y-B-E-R-W-E-E-K, and that will get you that deal. Buy two coffees, get one free. And hey, I've been suggesting you think about this as possibly a Christmas gift. It would be a brilliant Christmas gift for the coffee drinker in your life. You don't have to buy one of these holiday edition flavored coffees, although you could. But you've, if you got buy two, get one free, why not pick up one of these bags and a couple of the other ones? Candy cane, winter wonderland, pumpkin spice, just some of the great flavors they have for the holidays. And of course, their signature blends of coffee. These are all fresh roasted, brutal awakening, morning reaper, smooth finish, pitch black espresso. They also have a full line of teas and flavored uh, hot chocolates over there. So if you're not a coffee drinker, they got you covered. But if you are a coffee drinker, mm -mm, I'm telling you, blackout coffee is the way to go. And like I said, not only the best coffee you've ever had, but you are supporting an American company. And that may be more important these days. Blackout coffee, use the link in our show notes. It's the top link right there in the show notes to get you over there and put in your order. And don't forget, Cyber Week is the promo code to get that buy two, get one free. Check it out. Okay, let's get into it, shall we? It's a mess and it ain't gonna get any better. And like the thumbnail says, here we freaking go again. From the Daily Express U.S., Massachusetts becomes the second state to get hit by a wave of white lung pneumonia. That's what they're calling it. Not quite as catchy a name as COVID, but for now, that's what they're calling it. Ohio and Massachusetts experiencing an uptick you notice they don't say how many that uptick is uh, in child pneumonia cases as China is having a similar breakout. They're now to Massachusetts, the second U.S. state to report a spike in child pneumonia cases similar to the outbreak in China and a couple of other European countries. Earlier today revealed that there have been 142 pediatric cases of this condition, which is dubbed white lung syndrome, in Ohio's Warren County since August. Health officials described the figure as extremely high. Not only is this above the county average, it also meets the Ohio Department of Health's definition of an outbreak. Western Mass, doctors seeing a whole lot. That's a quote, not a technical term, but that's what they said. A whole lot of walking pneumonia cases, which is a milder form of the lung condition. Experts said neither of the outbreaks in Massachusetts or Ohio is being caused by a novel pathogen. Instead, it's a mixture of seasonal bacteria and viral bugs 
hitting at once. Fears of spreading infection rising in the U.S. because that's the way the government and the media wants it to be. They want you afraid. We're less than a year away from another election, so here we go again. Do not buy it. We will not have masks. We will not take your deadly vaccines. We will not socially distance. We will not check in and out of places. We're not doing it this time. We're not doing it this time. So before you even get started with all your pandemic part two bullshit, get out. We ain't doing it. That's my line and you're not crossing it. There's an ongoing investigation from the CDC. Yeah, you just know what's going to happen from that. They're trying it again, and it's so obvious. You know, they just feel like they don't even have to get creative. They don't have to try something new. They'll just pull out the old playbook, flip through, and go, oh, yeah, here we go. We'll do that one again. They think you're stupid. They think you're stupid. Show them that you are not. When this one doesn't work, be prepared, because I'm quite sure they got another one up their sleeves. We're not stupid. We're not doing it again. We've been through it once. That was bad enough. We're not doing it again. Did you see the debate last night? <laughs> not many of you did. The numbers, the ratings for that debate was horrid wicked bad. Nobody watched. And by nobody, I mean nobody. And it really wasn't much of anything to watch anyway. This was a rather interesting comment from Mr. Marble Teeth Hair Gel California commie governor Newsom. I don't think old Ron DeSanctimonious liked this idea very much. Take a look and listen. There are profound differences tonight, and I look forward to engaging them, but there's one thing in closing that we have in common is neither of us will be the nominee for our party in 2024. Ouch. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Well, you know what? That's probably the only time he didn't lie last night. Probably the only time. The only thing that came out of his mouth that was the truth. And by the way, Ron, please just quit. What are you at, like 7%? You don't have a snowball's chance in hell. You're just taking, just go back to being what you do best. And you do that very well as the governor of Florida. You kick ass and take names as the governor of Florida. You suck as a potential presidential nominee. And you have a crap-ass team behind you giving you really bad suggestions. Like, what, did they have a sign they held up that said, put on that fake smile? It was a little obvious, too. It wasn't a, it was very obvious. Anyway, the debate sucked. Nobody watched. Who cares? It's just, 
just go back to being the governor of Florida and do what you do well. Because obviously, this ain't your thing. Okay? Yeah. We got some very frightening news from Just the News, John Solomon's great news site. The link is in our show notes. They are investigating the investigators. More happening with January 6th. Hmm. From Representative Loudermilk, all of the depositions, all the videotaped depositions from the January 6th committee are gone. Gone. Can't be found. Now, I'm quite sure they exist somewhere, but no one can find them. And if I'm not mistaken, in fact, I'm very positive, it is a house rule, if not the law, that these things need to be preserved as evidence. Do we have sound? No tapes yeah. of Cassidy Hutchinson's, the ones where she's now changing her testimony through the errata that they are missing, they are gone? That is true. I can confirm that. And all of the videotapes of all depositions are gone. Um, again, we found out about this early in the investigation when I received a call uh, from someone who was looking for some information off one of the videotapes, and we started searching and we had none. I wrote a letter to Benny Thompson asking for them, and he confirmed that they did not preserve those tapes. He didn't feel that they had to, but according to House rules, you have to preserve any data and information and documents that are used in a uh, uh, an official proceeding which they did. They actually aired portions of these tapes on their televised hearings, which means they had to keep those. But yet, he chose not to. I believe they exist somewhere. Uh, we've just got to find where all these videos are. And here's why it's so important. Even with uh, Cassidy Hutchins, people have asked, why do you need the videos? You've got written transcripts. Well, when you've got someone like Cassidy who is significantly changing her testimony, I want to see what her body language is when she gave her original testimony. Exactly. I want to see what her voice inflection is. Was she very confident in what she was saying at that time, but then later decided to change it? This is why it's so important that we have those videotapes, and I believe that's probably why we don't have them. There you go. There you go. The tape depositions, especially Cassidy Hutchinson, who is now changing her story, are gone. <laughs> Violating all of the rules, the House rules. And what will happen, Republicans? Because you have no huevos? Nothing will happen, because you won't do anything about it. Keep it up. One word, folks. Primary. Get rid of these people. They're not helping, and if you're not helping, you're hurting. Weaponizing psychological operations, otherwise known as PSYOPs. By the way, do you know when I wrote that into a Word doc, it did not know the word PSYOPs? Isn't that odd? It underlined it as if it were doing a spell check and my spelling sucks, so I right-clicked. It didn't give me an alternative. It offered what it thought I was trying to write. 
How is it word does a word does not know the word psyops, especially today? Anyway, Schellenberger tells the Weaponization Subcommittee U.S. and U.K. turned psyops against Americans. Yep. Journalist Michael Schellenberger testified in front of a House Judiciary Committee yesterday claiming military contractors for the United States and the United Kingdom have used disinformation tactics against Americans. She said the tactics, silencing of people who disregarded, uh, disagreed with a certain point of view, were worse than he'd predicted in front of Congress in March. This alleged silencing included censorship on major social media. Yeah, like we don't know that. During the 2020 presidential elections, Two days, listen to this. Two days ago, my colleagues and I published the first batch of international internal files from the Cyber Threat Intelligence League, which shows U.S. and U.K. military contractors working in 2019 and 2020 to both censor and turn sophisticated psychological operations and disinformation tactics developed abroad against the American people. That would be you and me. Schellenberger, who helped release the Twitter files, claimed the federal government, including an office in the Department of Homeland Security, played a role in violating you and my First Amendment through their censorship of people who held different political views. The stories from the Washington Examiner, the police state folks, I've said it before, it's not coming. It's here. You are living in it. Now, to be fair, it's not 100% here. If it was, this show and shows like it would be shut down and not allowed to exist. We still have a few, not many, X, Rumble, of course. But thank God, and I'm not using his name in vain, we still have a few free places for our speech. There's been more crap about more censorship over on YouTube. Why in hell anybody would still be on YouTube after all of the censorship crap they pull over there, ScrewTube is just, forget it, it's done. They're about to go in, as far as I'm concerned, the same memory hole TikTok goes in, which you know how I feel about TikTok. Let me just repeat, if you're on TikTok, you're an idiot, get off. Spy, it's simply spyware, that's all it is. It's Chinese Communist Party spyware. Hey, Senator Rubio. <laughs> I'm kind of liking this guy. Somebody, one of these terrorist supporters, tried to nail him. 
He wasn't putting up with it. In fact, they said, are you filming this? Good. Be sure you put it online. Take a look and a listen. Senator Rubio, will you call for no, ceasefire in Gaza? No, I will not. On the contrary. Rubio, are you filming it? Wait, so I yes. want you guys to get this. I want yeah. them to destroy every element of Hamas they can get their hands on. These people are vicious animals who did horrifying crimes. And I hope you guys post that. And that's what about position. the civilians that I blame are being Hamas. killed every day? Hamas should stop hiding behind civilians, putting civilians in the way. Hamas knew that this was going to lead to this. So Hamas should stop building their military installations underneath hospitals. So you don't civilians. care that 15,000 have died? Do. You don't care about the babies that are I being care. killed every day? I think it's horrifying. Day. I think it's yeah. terrible. And I think Hamas is 100% to blame. That's what I think. Make sure you post that, please. Not putting up with it. Calling a spade a spade. We love this guy. Mark Rubio, Senator. Wow. Good deal, Mark Rubio. Now, Durbin, on the other hand, is a dirt bag. This story is an ex post. It's in our show notes. Democratic Senator Dick Durbin. Boy, if that name doesn't fit him. Blocked. Republican Senator Marsha Blackburn's subpoena, you know what the subpoena was for? Unsealing Epstein's flight log. So, Dick, why would you do that? Why would you block a subpoena to unseal Epstein's flight log? I can only think of one reason. Maybe because you're on it? Hmm? Now, either that flight log will exonerate politicians, Hollywood stars, who knows? Or it will implicate the truly guilty. Obviously, we know where Senator Dick Durbin stands. He blocked Senator Blackburn's subpoena to unseal the flight logs. In case you need to be reminded, this is what Dick looks like. Guilty conscious Dick. Sure would appear that way because I can't honestly think of another single possible reason why you would block a subpoena to release Epstein's flight log. Can, can you, can anybody put it in the chat? Anybody think of a legit reason why you would block releasing the flight log? Other than the fact that you're on it. Hmm. One more moron sitting in Washington representing a portion of the audience out there and probably needs to be primary, needs to get out, needs a big education. Dan Goldman. You sure it's not Dick Gold? No, it's Dan. Apparently, he managed to embarrass himself You gotta listen. This is quick, but you gotta listen. This man is an idiot. He's talking about Hunter Biden's 
laptop, which has been proven 16 ways to Sunday that it's absolutely true. It's absolutely legit. I don't know why that camera's flickering. Anyway, and it's not Russian disinformation. That's been debunked six ways to Sunday a hundred years ago. But listen to this idiot. You have no idea. You know you hard drives can that be it's a manipulated. Are you suggesting the New York Post participating in a conspiracy to construct the contents of the Hunter Biden laptop? No, sir. The problem is that hard drives can be manipulated by Rudy Giuliani or Russia. Well, what's the evidence that that, that happened? What's well, the there is actual evidence of it, but the point is no, it's there's not no the evidence for it. So you're engaging in a conspiracy. I'm glad you. No, there isn't. You're wrong. You're gaslighting. You're a fool. You have no right to be sitting there in your position. And seriously, do you live in the district this guy represents? You voted for this moron? Really? Proud of that? You really shouldn't be. You should be hiding your head in shame because this is the kind of ass you got elected. Oh, Russian disinformation, Rudy Giuliani, you know. And they just, they pump it out there like they believe it. And they think you're stupid. That's the only explanation. It's just like Dick Durbin and his blocking of the subpoena. There's really, you know, it's Occam's razor, the simplest solution. They just simply think you're that stupid. And in some cases, not my audience, but in some cases, they're not wrong. <clears throat> Is Karen here? Karen and uh, Madbone got into a thing about chickens last night in our chat. By the way, if you'd like to take part in the chat, please do. Our live chat's always open. I monitor it here. I can react to what you have to say live here. And uh, <laughs> we had we had some chicken discussions last night. Never mind. But anyway, I promised you the chicken link, and I always keep my promises. So I have had chickens in the past. I have. They weren't mine. They were a housemate's. But they look, if your housemate has chickens, you got chickens. It's like if you have wind chimes, your neighbors have wind chimes. I love that saying, by the way. This is the weirdest thing. I've never seen. I grew up right next to my grandfather's farm. My granddad and I, he was probably more of a dad to me than my father was, taught me how to milk a cow taught me about farm life. I collected eggs. I milked cows. I rode horses. Yeah, I grew up a, a country boy in Cornwall, Connecticut, East Cornwall on Great Hill, as a matter of fact. I remember those days. I really do. I'd forgotten them for the longest time, but you know, I think as you get older, you kind of remember more, thankfully. Best time of my life. I've got one picture of my grandpa and I, Grampy, and I cherish that very much. Anyway, out of the sentimental and into the weird. 
This woman is filming her chickens and suddenly something happens. I cannot explain this. I do not know. As a matter of fact, I'm going to go full screen so you can see it a little clearer. But watch what happens. I thought at first maybe they saw a hawk, but it doesn't appear to be that. I don't know what happened, but this is just freaky. Give a look. Hello, chicky chickies. Hi, babies. This is a glitch in the matrix. Where are y'all going? Where are you going? Now look. They're frozen. You ready for some grubs? Let's go! It's grub time! They're... Um, what the fool? <gasps> look at Why this. Why are they all not moving? They are absolutely frozen. And all looking up at about the same spot on what looks like a barn or something. Babies? She's trying to get their attention. They're not moving. They're not only just not nice. moving, they're locked. What the? What is happening right now? Chickies. This is just. Guys! Weird. Oh my god. What is. Have you. Chickens! Have you ever. Look, she's yelling at them. And they're still not, not even oh. moving an inch. Oh my God. I'm so glad I decided to report this. <sighs> Chickens. Why are y'all not? What is Completely right not now? responding to her. She's screaming at them. And this goes on. Chickens. This goes on for like two minutes. Chicky chickies. Why? This is nuts they are absolutely frozen in place not you see the positions even this one is a little bit lower never moved i know it's chickens but what this is a glitch in the matrix folks their batteries all ran out at the same time i i, <laughs> I don't know but this is truly truly weird I I told you, I told you I had chicken footage, and there you go, Karen, I hope you're out there. <laughs> the link to that video is in our show notes if you want to share it on your social media. It's freaky. Okay. <laughs> oh, man. All right, book time. We're plowing through Treasure Island. We read books on this show. Been doing it from almost the beginning, 500-plus shows ago. Yeah, we hit that milestone. And uh, we've done children's classic literature, Peter Pan, The Wizard of Oz, Jungle Book, White Fang, Winnie the Pooh, uh, Alice in Wonderland. And uh, now we're doing Treasure Island, which is fantastic. Love this book. Did not read this as a kid like you're supposed to. You know, you get to be a teenager and you're supposed to read Treasure Island, you know, their school assignment or whatever. I never did. Sorry that I didn't, but I sure am enjoying it now. We're all the way up to Chapter 6, which is called The Captain's Papers. We rode hard all the way till we drew up before Dr. Livesey's door. 
The house was all dark to the front. Mr. Dance told me to jump down and knock, and Dodger gave me a stirrup to descend by. The door was opened almost at once by the maid. Is Dr. Livesey in? I asked. No, she said. He'd come home in the afternoon, but had gone up to the hall to dine and pass the evening with the squire. So there we go, boys, said Mr. Dance. This time... As the distance was short, I didn't mount, but ran with Dodger's stirrup leather to the lodge gates and up the long, leafless, moonlit avenue to where the white line of the hall buildings looked on either hand on great old gardens. Here, Mr. Dance dismounted and, taking me along with him, was admitted at a word into the house. The servant led us down a matted passage showed us at the end into a great library, all lined with bookcases and busts upon top of them, where the squire and Dr. Lively sat, pipe in hand, on either side of a bright fire. I'd never seen the squire so near at hand. He was a tall man, over six feet high, broad in proportion. He had a bluff rough-and-ready face, all roughened and reddened and lined in his long travels. His eyebrows were very black, moved readily, and this gave him a look of some temper. Not bad, you would say, but quick and high. Come in, Mr. Dance, said he, very stately, condescending. Good evening, Dance, said the doctor with a nod, and good evening to you, friend Jim. What good wind brings you here? The supervisor stood up straight and stiff, told his story like a lesson. And you should have seen how the two gentlemen leaned forward and looked at each other, forgot to smoke in their surprise and interest. When they heard how my mother went back to the inn, Dr. Livesey fairly slapped his thigh. Squire called, Bravo! Broke his long pipe against the grate long before it was done. Mr. Trelawney, that, you remember, was the squire's name, had gotten up from his seat and was striding about the room, and the doctor, as if to hear the better, had taken off his powdered wig and sat there, looking very strange indeed in his own close-cropped black pole. At last, Mr. Dance finished the story. Mr. Dance, said the squire, you're a very noble fellow, and as for riding down that black atrocious miscreant, I regard it as an act of virtue, sir, like stamping on a cockroach. This lad Hawkins is a trump, I perceive. Hawkins, will you ring that bell? Mr. Dance must have some ale. And so, Jim, said the doctor, you have the thing that they were after, have you? Here it is, sir, said I, and gave him the oilskin packet. The doctor looked it all over as if his fingers were itching to open it, but instead of doing that, he put it quietly in the pocket of his coat. Squire, said he, when Dance has had his ale, he must, of course, be off on his majesty's service, but... I mean to keep Jim Hawkins here to sleep at my house, and, with your permission, I propose we should have up the cold pie and let him sup. 
As you will, Livesey, said the squire. Hawkins has earned better than cold pie. So a big pigeon pie was brought in and put on a side table, and I made a hearty supper, for I was as hungry as a hawk, while Mr. Dance was further complimented and at last dismissed. And now, squire, said the doctor, and now, Livesey, said the squire in the same breath, one at a time, one at a time, laughed Dr. Livesey. You've heard of this flint, I suppose? Heard of him, cried the squire. Heard of him, you say? <laughs> he was the bloodthirstiest buccaneer that ever sailed. Blackbeard was a child to flint. The Spaniards were so prodigiously afraid of him that I tell you, sir, I was sometimes proud he was an Englishman. I've seen his topsails with those eyes off Trinidad, and the cowardly son of a rum puncheon that I sailed with put back, sir, into the port of Spain. Well, I've heard of him myself in England, said the doctor, but the point is, had he money? Money, cried the squire. Have you heard the story? What were these villains after but money? What do they care for but money? For why would they risk their rascal carcasses for anything but money? Well, that we soon shall know, replied the doctor, but you're so confoundedly hot-headed and exclamatory that I cannot get a word in. What I want to know is this. Supposing that I have here in my pocket some clue to where Flint buried his treasure. Is that treasure amount too much? Amount, sir, cried the squire. It will amount to this if we have the clue you talk about. I'll fit out a ship in the Bristol dock and take you and Hawkins here along. And I'll have that treasure if I search a year. Well, very well, said the doctor. Now then, if Jim is agreeable, we'll open the packet. And he laid it before him on the table. The bundle was sewn together, and the doctor had to get out his instrument case and cut the stitches with his medical scissors. It contained two things, a book and a sealed paper. Well, first of all, we'll try the book, observed the doctor. The squire and I were both peering over his shoulder as he opened it, for Dr. Livesey had kindly motioned me to come round from the side table where I had been eating to enjoy the sport of the search. On the first page, there were only some scraps of writing such as a man with a pen in his hand might make for idleness or practice. One was the same as the tattoo mark, Billy Bones, his fancy. And then there was Mr. W. Bones, mate, no more rum. Off Palm Key, he got it. And some other snatches, mostly single words and unintelligible. I couldn't help wondering who it was that had got it, and what it was that he got. <laughs> A knife at his back, as likely as not. Well, not much instruction here, said Dr. Livesey, and he passed on. 
The next 10 or 12 pages were filled with a curious series of entries. There was a date at one end of the line, at the other a sum of money, as in common account books, but instead of explanatory writing, only a varying number of crosses between the two. On the 12th of June, 1745, for instance, a sum of 70 pounds had plainly become due to someone, and there was nothing but six crosses to explain the cause. In a few cases, to be sure, the name of a place would be added, as Ophe Caracas, or merely an entry of latitude and longitude, as 62 degrees 17 minutes 20 seconds, and 19 degrees 2 minutes 40 seconds. The record lasted over 20 years, the amount of the separate entries growing larger as time went on. At the end, a grand total had been made out. After six or five or six wrong additions, these words appended, Bones, his pile. I can't make head or tails of this, said Dr. Livesey. The thing is as clear as noonday, cried the squire. This is the black-hearted hound's account book. These crosses stand for the names of ships or towns they sank or plundered. The sums are the scoundrel's share. And where he feared an ambiguity, you'll see he added something clearer. Off a Caracas now, you see. Here was some unhappy vessel boarded off that coast. God help the poor souls that manned her coral long ago. Right, said the doctor. See what it is to be a traveler? Right, and, and the amounts increase, you see, as he rose in rank. There was little else in the volume but a few bearings of places noted in the blank leaves towards the end, and a table for reducing French, English, and Spanish monies to a common value. Thrifty man, cried the doctor. He wasn't the one to be cheated. And now, said the squire, for the other. The paper had been sealed in several places with a thimble by way of seal. The very thimble, perhaps, that I'd found in the captain's pocket. The door opened the seals with, the doctor opened the seals with great care. And there fell out a map of an island with latitude and longitude soundings names of hills and bays and inlets and every particular thing that would be needed to bring a ship to a safe anchorage upon its shores it was about nine miles long and five miles across shaped you might say like a fat dragon standing up had two fine landlocked harbors, and a hill in the center part marked the spyglass. There were several additions at a later date, but above all, three crosses of red ink, two on the north part of the island and one in the southwest. And besides this last, in the same red ink, in a small, neat hand, very different from the captain's lottery characters, these words, bulk of treasure, here. Oh my.
that's a great spot to pause it in this chapter. Until Monday, and we'll continue on with Treasure Island. <laughs> wow, loving this book. It's getting good now. I have a feeling we're off on an adventure to an island. All right, that's going to do it for us. Thanks so much for a great week, folks. Nice of all of you to stop by. Be sure and give us a follow. It's a green button right down there. Just click it. It's free. Sign up for a free Rumble account. Visit our great sponsors. Pick yourself up some Christmas gifts, some blackout coffee. Very inexpensive and a hell of a deal during Cyber Week. This is your last day, by the way. Don't forget, blackout coffee. Link is in our show notes over there. And uh, get yourself a good deal, too. Help support the show. Help support this American company. Uh, enjoy your weekend. Spend it with someone you care about. And I will see you right back here Monday. Snort. <laughs>